<laughs> Welcome to the Whistleway Podcast. I am your host, Brian Kochi, here, Director of Media at Whistle Realty Group, and I am joined by our fantastic Director of Inside Sales, Rachel Chu. Hi, guys. Today, I'm going to be talking with Rachel a little bit about our follow-up system, our follow-up process, our follow-up, whatever you want to call it, right? We understand that we need to, uh, very rarely, does someone come in through our system, we call them once, and then they close the deal, right? That doesn't yes. typically have, <laughs> happen uh, ever. And so I want to talk to Rachel a little bit more about kind of how she has designed, built, tweaked, implemented uh, the process of following up with leads. We, uh, Kyle has been, um, I don't know if he created this terminology or not, but he has spoken for years about his buy or die plan. And I think we've tweaked it a lot since he's spoken about it six years ago. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about that today. If you are listening now and like the show, I ask, I plead, I beg, that's a little, a little much, I don't want to beg, but I kind of <laughs> will, uh, that you uh, share some goodwill. Share this with someone that you think might uh, benefit from it, someone who has an ISA team or maybe an agent that needs help with follow-up. Um, comment on anywhere that you see it, write a review, subscribe, like, all that good stuff. We'd love to hear it. So that's important to us. If this brought you any value, please let us know. Um, if you want more value of things like this, feel free to follow us on thewhistleway.com. That has our Facebook group, our YouTube channel, our uh, email newsletter, our referral list, because people leave California kind of often, so we need to know where to send them. Um, information about our podcast and um, information about our Media Mayor Mastermind. This is our course that Kyle and I built out step by step by step by step, explaining exactly how to create a community spotlight video series, what you need to do, who you need to reach out to, all that sort of stuff. If you think video is important and you want to do it and something is holding you back, this course will solve that problem for you. So that's my pitch. Uh, let's get into the uh, let's get into the good stuff. So Rachel. Talk for 20 minutes about follow-up, and then we'll go into our widget. <laughs> I can easily do that. No, I love follow-up. And one of the best real estate quotes I think I've ever heard is, the fortune is in the follow-up. Um, so this is a great topic for anybody who, you know, has any sort of leads and is in sales at all, real estate or not. But, um, I, you know, I love talking about this. So um, we all know that we don't like doing the follow-up. We're all in a society where we want instant gratification. And as soon as we meet somebody and they come in, we're like, okay, sign the listing agreement. Let's go. Right. But, you know, unfortunately we don't live in that perfect world and we do have to do some work to get our clients to do what we want to do. And so, um, I don't think follow-up always has to be scary or has to be irritating. I think, you know, by knowing a couple tools and uh, knowing what to say, it can actually become a fun part of your job rather than a dreaded one. And so that's something that I always aim for. So um, we can kind of just go into it. Did you have any specific questions? Yeah. Or? So let's, I think the majority of people listening to this are going to be agents. Um, let's talk about, so we all, we all, I think we all know the importance of follow-up, whether we do it or not. I think we know the importance <laughs> Right. Uh, sorry, my one-year-old's uh, cruising around here. That's okay. Uh, we all know the importance of follow-up. How long or how often should we... Hold on one second. How, how long or how often should we dedicate of our day or of an agent state to, to focus on follow-up? 
Got it. Great question. I would say for an agent, obviously, you know, you're juggling a lot of things, you're doing showings and you're out in the field and, you know, everything, (laughs) driving around, doing all the things. Um, But if you can dedicate just one hour a day, and I would say, you know, I would recommend to do it first thing in the morning after you get ready. Um, You know, if that doesn't work, maybe later in the afternoon, but dedicate one hour, put your phone on, do not disturb. Um, and just do your follow-up, set a timer, you know, give yourself a reward. But if you consistently follow up, our top producer, um, has a power hour in his day, no matter what else happens. And so I think we can all learn from that, right? Like no matter what he's spending at least one hour doing follow-up, doing prospecting calls. And even though he probably doesn't really need to at this point in his career, like he's done so many deals and, you know, he doesn't have to, but in order to kind of make that consistent income that he wants to make, he never sacrifices his power hour. So I'd start with one hour a day uh, of follow-up. And I think this isn't necessarily about follow-up, but you can't really do follow-up without this is really segmenting your leads. Right. Um, Because follow up doesn't it means calling people in your database, but having some sort of segmentation of do I know their um, when they want to buy? Do I know their motivation? Are they a past client? Are they a vendor? Like you don't want to spend your one hour follow up calling whoever you want to be intentional about who you're actually calling and following up with. And I think that's also what makes it hard, right? Is we don't know who we should be calling, what we should be saying, right there. We could call anyone and, you know, pick up a phone book. If phone books even exist anymore, I don't know, but you know, I think to your point, the segmentation and the organization of how you do it will lead to your success. So I have a couple tips for this. If you're, you know, trying to figure out how to organize that. Yes. Um, yeah, let's, so yeah, let's go for it. Cause I, I had a, a way I wanted to ask you questions, but I don't hear what you want to have to say. Sure. We'll go for it. So one way to do this is to, you know, I'll, let me back up and say repetition is always going to help you perform better, right? We practice makes perfect. We know this. And so we can implement that same strategy within our follow-up calls. So I like to call them buckets. You know, what bucket am I going to call into what type of person? And so one of the things, one of your buckets can be your sphere, the people that you know, right? And so that phone call, people that you know, that phone call is going to be a lot different than a phone call to a stranger that you met from a Zillow call who you know wants to see a house, right? Your sphere doesn't necessarily have an intent of moving or buying or selling a house at that certain time, right? So you're not going to be asking them those questions. You know, the intent of those sphere calls is probably to remind them that you're in business, you know, check up on how they're doing, you know, they're going to be more informal. And and then, you know, and then maybe at the end, let them know, Hey, do you by chance know anybody who's looking to buy or sell? Right. And make sure you get that question in. Right. And that's going to be totally different than when you're calling through the bucket of your hot leads or people who want to, you know, transact soon or your cold leads or people who are a lot further, further down. Oh, we get another special guest. (laughs) Here's here's my, for those of you on YouTube, here's my, my one-year-old Elliot. Hi, Hi, Elliot. Elliot's going to be a master at follow-up too. (laughs) But um, yeah, bucketing your follow-up by, you know, who you're talking to. So making all those sphere calls all at once, you know, going through that list. So you're in the groove of talking to your sphere versus in the groove of talking to strangers um, or, you know, people that you're maybe not as close to. So I would separate it that way. Um, It's also easier to further separate by motivation, right? If you're talking to somebody who wants to move, you know, they want to move within the next 90 days, you know, that type of follow-up is going to be a lot more, um, purposeful and you're going to have specific things that you're going over versus a lead who maybe wants to transact next year and you're following to check in on them to see if their timelines change. Right. So I would say bucket all of your calls by intent. Am I, okay. is this what, and, and that's, I'd go from there. 
I love this. This was leading exactly into where I'm going. And I'm going to quiz you a little bit. And if you don't know let's the go. answer, that's fine. You can, that's you can okay. look it up. I'm up for a challenge. <laughs> um, this, I think, is going to be probably one of the most valuable pieces of, of podcast that you and I have done. Because we're going to break down a lot, a lot, a lot in a really short time. So I'm going to say the different buckets that we fill out. Uh, and you're going to explain to me what that bucket is and how often we should call them. Let's do it. I love so, a little challenge. So if you need to pull, pull up follow up boss or pull up the segments, I'm cool with that. I don't, you don't need, the great thing is we don't need to know these by heart. It's not like our core values, which we need to know by heart. We just <laughs> need to, we built our system to where the great thing is we built follow up boss with their smart segments where you don't have to know this. You just have to know, I do this one, this one, this one, this one. So I'm going to break it down. I don't know if this is the right order, but whatever. So Rachel, what is a lead and how often should we follow up with them? So our definition here at Whistle, a lead is just somebody we haven't uh, we haven't connected with, right? So obviously, you know, in real estate, that can be many terms. But um, within our CRM, if a person is staged as lead, L-E-A-D, to us, that means we have not connected with them. We don't know their when or why. We don't know anything about them. We have not had a two-way communication. Um, so those are all people that we have yet to communicate with. Um, and so for those people, we want to reach out. Uh, daily, especially for the first 10 days that they're in our CRM. So I know Brian alluded to 10 days of pain is what we used to call it. Um, but so for the first 10 days that a lead is in our system, we want to basically bombard them with, with phone calls, texts, emails to try to get that engagement while they're still interested, right? So usually much past 10 days, we don't see a lot of engagements. So we want to kind of strike while the iron's hot and really go after them the first 10 days. So we want to be reaching out to these people daily uh, for the first 10 days with a mix of all three mediums, phone calls, texts, and emails. My cool. team um, as ISAs will war dial them immediately. So speed to lead is important. We want to give at least back-to-back -back two phone calls, send a follow-up text, leave a voicemail, you know, next day, send an email, send another text message, right? And so we want to have at least, you know, 20 pieces, 20 outreach attempts. And that's a mix of phone calls, texts, you know, emails, all those things at the end of those 10 days of pain at the bare minimum. Love it. Love it. Um, and we use systems and we'll talk a little bit about that because 20 outreaches to one lead in 10 days is a lot, especially when you have more than one lead uh, that comes <laughs> in. Um, so that, that adds up quick and that, that gets exponentially harder, but we'll talk about our systems in a little bit. Okay. Lead. What is, a, we talk to them, we qualify them as hot. What does hot mean and how often do we reach out to them? Yeah. So a hot lead, we classify that as somebody who is able and willing to transact in the next 90 days. So we're looking at three month window, right? Um, so these are people that, you know, we want to talk to weekly, right? Every week, if they really want to buy, we need to be sending them properties. We need to be, you know, uh, meeting them at showings. We need to be talking about our VIP program, uh, you know, keeping them up to date, making sure they're getting pre-approved, setting them up with a lender, right? There's a lot of steps that need to happen and on our end as agents to make sure that we're able to help them within their desired timeframe of 90 days. So um, in order for that to happen, our standard is to communicate with those hot clients weekly. Excellent. Uh, next in my list is warm. What's warm? How often do we talk to them? Yes. So warm people are generally between, you know, that three to nine month window is how we classify them. And so, you know, they want to move, but, you know, maybe they've got, they're still in the lease for the next, you know, six or seven months and, but they are planning to move after. So our communication is going to be a little bit less. We don't want to bombard them, um, but we want to be talking to these people at least every month 
right? Um, my team, we want to be talking to them usually every three weeks or so. Um, but as a company, um, we want to be talking to these people at least monthly. Excellent. Next we have, so if after warm, it goes cold, right? Correct. So what, what's cold? How often do we talk to them? Yeah. Cold people are nine plus months to, you know, 18 months. And so those people are, you know, a lot further out. And so we want to be talking to these people quarterly, right? They, that's if they're a true cold lead, they have real motivation, but, you know, maybe their grant, their child doesn't graduate, you know, until June. And, you know, we've got to, you know, wait this certain time period. Right. Um, so we want to be connecting with them quarterly every 90 days. Okay. What if they are outside of that? What if they say, yeah, I want to move in three years. For us, we would mark that as an archive lead. We would, you know, we'd obviously want to dig more and find out why three years. Usually if, you know, people aren't unfortunately that usually forward planning mindset and they're not typically looking at houses. But if that's truly their time frame, um, you know, that's not something that we should be following up. We let our um, our marketing take care of that, you know, more passive things. Um, and we, we put them in archive. We don't spend a lot of our outbound uh, precious hours of the day talking to them. So archive, not trash. So they can still get email communications, they can still get our, our, um, our follow-up leads, uh, our social media ads, all that sort of stuff. But, yes. okay, cool. Um, since I mentioned trash, what goes into trash? Trash for us is only either bad co- contact information that has to be both phone and email. So it has to be total trash or, um, you know, when people have fake names, like I like butts 52 with, you know, <laughs> <laughs> your mom sucks at gmail.com, right? Like things that we know are, are trash. Uh, that people put in. So that would be a trash lead. Um, other salespeople, um, people always are trying to call, Hey, Kyle, want to buy this? Or, you know, we, we sell whatever. And we, so sales calls people who aren't really leads who are just calling into our, our line, um, or, you know, spam, anything like that. So people who have bad contact information, aren't a real lead or are spam, but, um, those are that we don't want to clog our CRM or other agents. Sometimes agents will call in and they won't read the MLS instructions. They'll call into our business line. And so we don't need to be following up with other agents, right? So that we don't clog them. So if they're an agent, we also put those in the trash as well. Wonderful. And we don't, we never talk to those people. No. <laughs> um, past clients. Is that, that's a, that's a lead source. Still. Is that a lead source? Still? Uh, yeah. So yes, it's both. It's so past clients, uh, you should be following up with quarterly, um, yeah. doing that outreach. Good. That's easy. And that's pretty difficult to figure out what is past client. I'm just kidding. That's very easy. (laughs) They have bought or sold with you in the past. Now, do we, do we still reach out to past clients, even if they move to out of San Diego and they move to Virginia or Arizona or Nevada? Absolutely. I, I mean, if it were me, I would, because you never know if you had a great experience, even if it's just a quick email to say, Hey, I saw the, you know, the weather is X, Y, or Z out there. Hope your family's doing great. Right. Like it can't hurt to keep in touch with people, especially if you had a good relationship, who knows, they may think of you out of the blue and their mother's cousin's grandma or what, whatever may have somebody that needs to sell and they may, you know, contact you. So I, I think a couple seconds worth of a quick text or email is always worth the impact that it could potentially have. So if it were me, I definitely would. Perfect. Um, sphere of influence. Do, that, that's one as well. Is that not? Oh, or? Yeah. 
Yes. So in our serum, it's both a stage and a source. So it's a little bit complicated. Um, We don't have um, any communication guidelines around, you know, you calling your best friend, right? They don't necessarily have intent, but I would recommend um, say anybody within your sphere, at least quarterly or twice a year, reaching out to them because the more people that know you're in real estate, you know, the better that is for your wallet. So I I would recommend having your own follow-up plan or your own outreach for, for those people who don't have intent to transact, but could help you get referrals. And it's important to have them in your CRM so that way you can you can have that. Um, but I think we have our setup in a way to where if they are uh, source sphere, we don't do some of the automations that we would with a normal lead. Is that right? Correct. Yes, because we want to protect that. You know, we don't want to be marketing to people who you know your old coworkers or any of that. So that's protected. Cool. Um, I think the last one is vendors. Yep. We do have, we don't have any communication standards around there, but it is helpful to have their information um, for the reason that sometimes we want to merge them within a three-way text within our CRM. If we're, you know, Hey, here's my paint guy, you know, reach out to them and uh, it keeps their confirmation or their information in one place, but we don't do any obviously outreach within them. It's just an easy way for us to connect them to our clients. But they are also still in our CRM. And this is important because with our CRM, we get they people in our CRM get uh, emails from Kyle as the owner of the company twice a month saying, Hey, this is who we are. This is, this is a buy or sell tip market mm-hmm. update, whatever, which is important. Um, they do get invited to our uh, events and stuff like that. So it helps remind people. So obviously lenders know we're real estate agents. They've got relationships. Like that's easy. Sometimes there might be people that may forget or they go. So, you know, they get an email saying, Oh, reasons why not to buy in the summer. And then they're at, they're, oh, whatever. And then they're at dinner that night and their sister-in-law goes, yeah, we're going to buy a house. And go, oh shit, this is, actually, this is a guy that I actually have done work with. So right. it's important to have them in, but I like that there's not communications. You shouldn't call the painter every week. Like, <laughs> right. Hey, jobs for me? I don't, I don't not know the best you figure time. No. <laughs> sure. Is, is there any that I'm missing? Um, I could let pull it up and do a double check. I think you hit all of the all of our main um, all of our main stages. Yeah. God, I think that's so. I think what we just gave out there probably shouldn't have done all that, but that's fine. Um, I, that, I think that's super valuable because it took us a long time to figure out how do we want to what do we want to call them, how do we want to follow up with them. It's a pain in the ass to figure all that out. It so, is. Um, so the more plug and play, the better. Yeah. So that's what we do. Obviously, things may be different for you. Your your market may be different than ours. San Diego is super, super, super hot right now. I think everything's really hot. Um, but if that may not follow up, follow up with your your process, I think the really important thing is about what we just talked about for the last 10 minutes is that you have segments, that you have communication standards for those segments, and then you keep on top of them, right? That's the most important part. And that's the thing that we can't do. We can tell you exactly what to do, but unless you do it, you're not going to, it's not going to be worth anything. So keeping on top of it is honestly the hardest part and the part I can't help you with the most. But anyways, before we, uh, I, I want to cover up some more things that took more time. I had a whole list of things of other things I want to talk about, um, which we can talk about in future episodes. But before we go into our widget, I want to talk a little bit about the systems that we use. Um, because like I talked about earlier, 10 days of follow-up per lead using different mediums staying on top of it. It's hard to keep track of, right? Absolutely. So what systems do we use to either keep track of or to help automate some of that? 
So we, so that's, there's a couple things. So one thing that is really helpful to automate some of your follow-up that you can do um, is create some templated uh, emails and texts. Most CRMs, I think, will let you do this. So regardless of what you use, you don't want to have to reinvent the wheel. And part of the battle, I think, of why we don't like following up is we're like, oh, I don't want to think about what to say. And like, I don't know. And it's, it's like this battle of like, you know, we don't know what to do. So then we don't do anything, right? It's that like analysis by paralysis. So you can save your future self from having to feel that way by just, you know, hammering out some batched emails, some things that are going to apply to everyone. So for example, some of the ones that we have, we have certain ones for buyers and sellers, right? It's that way we're targeting who we want to hit, you know, Hey, I saw, you know, if you're looking on our website, we have a, saw you looking on our website email, Hey, you know, client name saw that you were checking out a couple properties on our site, wanted to get a little more information to see if we could help you set up any tours, looking forward to meeting you. Right. Like you don't need to think about that every time you can have different templates that just have merge fields with your client's name and that you can fill out. So you're not spending your precious time, you know, thinking of what to say and typing these out all the time. So I'd highly recommend, um, before you start doing that, take a look at what emails or text or what types of things are you saying over and over and just find one of those and turn that into a template that, you know, that way you're not having to, like I said, reinvent the wheel. So identify what am I always saying to people and just turn that into a template that you can easily find within your own CRM. Same with text messages. Um, there's no need to type the same thing out each time. So if you're saying something over and over again, save some of those. Good. Um, and that's easy. That's really easy to do. Again, we use follow boss. Um, okay. So, so talk a little bit about follow boss and, and, and why, what you love about it. This isn't, a, it's not, a, sorry, not what you love about it. This is not a follow-up. They're not sponsoring us. They should. <laughs> they kind of let it. take free stuff if they want to, you know, give it to yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, how does follow boss help you with, with following up? Imagine yeah. that. Look at that. <laughs> It's in the name. So I think the coolest thing about follow-up boss is it takes any of the guesswork. You literally just let me log into my system. Let me click my segments and let me just go. So the way that follow-up boss is organized is really cool because it, like we talked about earlier, it puts all your new clients who are in stage lead, who you haven't talked to, who are within the CRM in 10 days into a bucket. So you don't have to figure it out or look or do any filters, right? It just does it for you. It puts all of your clients who are marked hot um, in a filter, you know, whose communication is more than seven days, right? Because we know we need to talk to them weekly, right? So I love how easy it is to just sit down, look at the list and call and not have time to go, oh, well, who should I call? And what do I say, right? You just sit down and it's there. So it's really user-friendly that way. Um, and there's a lot of filters you can use, which is cool if you want to get into the weeds of, you know, oh, and they have a correct phone number or, and they haven't been emailed in X, Y, Z, right? So I love that it's really applicable for even, you know, the person who's the highest D who's like, just, I don't want to know anything. Just give me the phone or somebody who's really wants to be in the weeds and, you know, get all of these different details about the, the consumer. So it's really customized depending on what you want to see. And follow-up boss really is just kind of like a glorified spreadsheet. Like it's so customizable. It looks a lot nicer, but that's essentially what it is. And, you know, it just has different views of the spreadsheets um, are, are kind of what the segments look like. So it's really easy. It's intuitive. It looks nice. Um, you know, there's great reminders. They don't overcomplicate it, um, but there's a way to see everything that you want to see. So I think um, it works really well for everyone in that way. And the customizations are awesome. So that's phenomenal. Uh, follow boss is great for, again, if you're a solo agent or if you're a small team or a mega team, we've got, we're going to have a hundred agents by the end of this year. Um, and follow boss is phenomenal at growing with us. Um, this next system that I want you to talk a little bit about is not really geared towards 
necessarily. Well, maybe it could be if you're a solo agent, but I want you to talk a little bit about call action and kind of what, what that does for us. Yes. So call action is our texting software that we use for automated, um, our automated text campaign. So it basically allows us, it's, it's a leverage tool. It allows you to do a lot more outreach with less manual effort. And so call action basically works by, um, you create text campaigns that you want to send out. Um, it's very customizable. You can name them whenever you want. You can set up the cadence. You know, this sends out at this. There's merge fields or certain days. You can add gifts, all of these things. So essentially, you just write up, I, you know, let's say I want to follow up with the lead for two years and I want to have a text message go out, you know, over a certain amount of days or months for two whole years. I can do that and set it and turn it on and never have to text them myself again. Right. And I think the most important thing to know if you're looking at call action is that the its main goal is to qualify, not follow. It's not supposed to do your follow-up for you. Um, but if you have a large quantity of leads that you need to qualify, this is a great way to get them engaged. So the point of it is to qualify them, get them to respond. And then we take over that work once they basically said, Hey, I am interested, or I have a question, right. Rather than finding somebody to talk to, it brings all the people who are ready to talk, uh, up to the front. And so then we can take over and then put on our sales hat and have a conversation with them. So it's basically having a robot do all of the, the grunt work of finding people to talk to. And then it pushes all the clients up who, you know, say, Hey, respond, or, you know, they've, they've re replied. And now we as agents, rather than having to look for people to talk to, we can just do the talking and, and respond to those people. So it's a great tool. I would say if you have a large amount of leads in your database that you need qualifying, but it's not, you know, you don't want to put your clients that you've just talked to that are ready to move next week on an automated text plan, right? You want to do manual follow-up for them. So tools are as only as good as, um, you know, their intent and having a good intent and purpose for them. So it's a great tool for high volume and, uh, you know, and that leverage. All right. I'm going to go speed round here. Um, so just quickly, um, I know you guys utilize, uh, monday.com. Yes. How do you use that? So uh, within my own department, we mainly use it to run our meetings, um, but we, and, and to track. So we, we actually, well, we use Monday for a lot of things. The more I think about it, <laughs> uh, the list is ever growing, but the main things um, at least my department and myself use it for, um, we use it to keep track of our appointments. So we have an appointments board for all of the um, appointments that we've set to our agents. Um, we have a board to review the appointments, you know, to make sure that both ISAs and agents have followed our internal SOPs for, you know, how we treat clients and our response times and all of this stuff. Um, we can track appointment trends, you know, see who's, who's performing on, on appointments and who needs help both ISA and agent side. Um, and it, you know, we also use money to track our expectations for our agents and ISAs. You know, I have the, the weekly scorecard metrics as well as how the agents are doing. And so that way we, it gives us greater accountability to help each other out. If, you know, somebody's not performing or if somebody's doing a great job to, you know, let them experience and share what they're learning. So we use it a lot to track things, um, and as well as to share information. Yeah, I realize as I'm talking about, or you were talking about that, it has nothing to do with follow-up. So that's okay. Follow-up and systems. <laughs> um, the, uh, the only other one that I can think of, the system that you guys use for the purpose of either qualifying or following up, and correct me if I'm wrong if there's others, but is Raya within Follow-Up Boss. Yeah. So Raya is, um, uh, yes, our automated, I always forget what it stands for, but it's basically Real estate. I don't know. ISA, it's supposed to be your automated ISA or something like that, but yes, it's something like that. But basically Raya is, um, 
what's called behavioral texting. So it's AI that will only reach out to a consumer based on high intent activities, uh, which means things like they've, you know, favorited a property or they've come back to the same listing three plus times or, you know, whatever they filled out a questionnaire. And so we use Raya as well. We have a segment within Follow Up Boss that says, hey, here's all the people in your CRM who've responded to Raya within the last day or, you know, go help her and or go help them and, and give them a call. So similar to call action, it's just another system or another tool that basically filters through, reaches out to people and then brings those who have uh, intent or, you know, who did respond to the top. So then you as the real human can go ahead and, and make those phone calls and qualify them or set the appointment or, you know, take them off your list or fill in the blank, whatever they need. And I don't remember how to spell that. I know it's it's used within uh, Ylopo. Yeah, R. I think it's R A I Y A. Okay, sure. Um, so that again is important. I want to make a caveat here. Raya is good. It is not a human. It's it's AI. <laughs> it's artificial. Le- I don't know if artificial learning is the right term. It's good. <laughs> They're they always are tweaking it, but you can't say. I would highly recommend against saying, I don't need anyone else. I'm going to let Raya do it all. Oh, and, yeah. then, and then they'll call me when they're ready to list. Like, it's not yeah. that. Um, and it, by the time it gets that, I think our jobs are going to be much less necessary. <laughs> but I think it's also going to take a long time to get there. Um, Definitely. But, you know, if you are interested in learning about Raya and there's a lot of, if you're somebody who likes to get into the weeds and you are a FUB user, um, if you tarp type R-A-I-Y-A, Raya, into the uh, Ylopo Zendesk. There's tons of articles on what she does, how she, you know, how she picks people or it. I don't know how you want to refer to AI as a person or it, but um, it'll give you a lot of information on that if you have more questions. It's a great resource. Rachel, again, there's, we went through like three of the bullet points that I wanted to cover and uh, I'm not mad at it because we went really deep and I thought we brought in a lot of value. Again, if you're watching this or listening to this, and someone could be, you think of, can benefit from this, this talk. Um, again, talking about the, the stages and the follow-up uh, process, I think is going to be hugely important. Whether if you just want to audit your own system and go, nope, ours is better. Or, no, I actually didn't even think about having archive versus trash. Let me implement that little thing. Or if you're starting, you're switching over from a previous uh, CRM into a new one and go, you got to start from scratch. Hopefully that added value. If that added value to you, let us know. If you want to hear something else, something more, something more in depth or a tangent that we didn't get to go off on with Rachel, please let us know. Uh, comment in the YouTube, on the Facebooks, on the things. I'm gonna sound like an old person, whatever. Um, <laughs> at this point, let's get in. Oh wait, and go to the whistleway.com. That's where there's a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, you know, cool things. And uh, I'm not mom. Here's my little boy again. Getting ready to go pick up his sister. Hi. We love (laughs) a happy from Elliot. (laughs) If you guys are on podcast, then you didn't get to see him, but he's very cute. Uh, Go check him out on YouTube. Rachel, let's uh, transition into our whistle widget of the week. This is something that we use that saves us time, money, makes us have more fun. I don't know, just stuff. It's helpful. Awesome. So, my current favorite. thing that I've there my current favorite app that I've been using religiously is Duolingo and that's D-U-O-L-I-N-G-O. You probably I don't know if they do targeted ads or if it was just me, but it's the best app I've ever used for learning a language. Um, 
my husband and I are hoping to go to Paris in the fall. So I've been trying to learn French and it's super engaging. It's really easy. You only have to spend about five minutes a day on it. Um, it makes little fun sounds, gives you reminders. Um, but it's just really an engaging app and it makes learning a language fun rather than a chore because, you know, the last thing I want to do after I've worked all day is go home and study and like read, you know, some textbook about how to learn language. So it's a fun little game app on your phone that makes it feel more like you're just playing a game. Um, and I've actually learned a lot of French really quickly from utilizing this app. So there's a free version and a paid version. I got the paid version because I, you know, really want to uh, actually learn a good amount of the language, but the free version is great too. If you just kind of want to dabble and, uh, you know, in being a polyglot. <laughs> polyglot. Good word. Uh, I think Nick Steph will talk to us about that as well, which oh, cool. is cool. Um, do you like Wordle? I'm obsessed with Wordle. God, that I actually Wordle. considered, I, I considered talking about Wordle as a widget, but I was like, eh, I don't really know if that makes anyone's, <laughs> it's God, more I just like it. an obsession. It's a fun thing. Oh, half of us in the office, we have a group chat about how we do in the Wordle and every morning we post like who does it's I'm addicted. I love it. I love word games, but. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my wife is all about it. I'm like, I don't it's know. I don't know five letter words. I'm done. This, this is the worst. Um, <laughs> This app I am going to share again, um, and I'm sharing this as Kyle is on a nationwide speaking spree. Um, I think he's doing six cities in four days and 30,000. I'm just kidding. Um, but I was flipping through my phone to look for my widget, and um, it's going to be this little QR code. It is utilizing the app Blink, B-L-I-N-Q, and within here, you can... People can scan your QR code and you can put your uh, information. Um, it's, a, it's like a digital business card. So super easy to use. Um, I think it's free. I'm pretty sure it's free. You can put links, you can put your social media, whatever. Scan it over to someone. Now, at the hopefully tail end of COVID, people are used to QR codes. Um, so if you're going to do um, some sort of networking, having this on you at all times, right? Um, I hate not having cards, but a lot of times now I don't have cards, but now instead of, oh, I don't have a card, you can scan my uh, QR code. So B-L-I-N-Q, like I said, has done it before, but uh, I forgot I had it on my phone. So <laughs> good reminder. So thank you guys so much for watching this week's episode of the Whistle Wave podcast. If you guys um, have a suggestion, question, want us to answer something, or just want to go more in depth on what we went to, uh, thewhistleway.com also has a question spot where you can ask us a question and we will answer it unless it's unless it's really really dumb then we won't answer it we've we've had we've had most mostly have been really good questions we've had some that are really really dumb and uh but feel free to enter it and if it's dumb then we just won't answer it oh, that seems mean <laughs> that's a kyle thing to say anyways thank you guys so much for watching we'll see you all next week see ya